Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to a special Easter edition of The Jerick Show. We have no Easter eggs or references in this show, but because it is Easter weekend, I just thought I'd say that. Anyway, on Welcome to The Jerick Show, featuring your hosts, Javad Malik and Eric Krohn. Timely topics, poorly presented. Well, 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 we meet again. Yes, so um, I'd like to introduce my co-host, someone that has been in security far longer than maybe even cybersecurity has existed. Uh, someone who is more hack-proof than your grandma's flip phone. Let's please give a warm round of applause to Eric Crone. How are you doing, sir? It's great to be here, Javad. What a warm, kind welcome, I think. I was like a little... I was a little under underhanded backhand there. It's, I'm not that old. You're older than me, so that makes you old. No, that that's true. I mean, the the first systems I worked on was Windows 3.1. Yeah. Remember DOS? Did you ever deal with DOS? <laughs> I work with the DOSer, but that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's 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 how long I've been doing this, man. That's kind of depressing sometimes when you think about it. Wow. Wow, that is. I, I still don't know what I want to do when I grow up. So here we are. I thought you want to be a farmer. Um, no, that's just uh, sanity and and you know stuff like that. I don't know about my wife's going to do most of the farming. I'll drive the tractor around and and uh you know work on stuff like that. But I'm not so much into the plants and stuff. My wife, she loves it. I look at stuff and we always argue about this. She sees this beautiful natural area, and I'm like, this is utter chaos. Nothing's in a line. Nothing's neat and tidy. It's like utter freaking chaos. So, yeah. So, so, so which one of you is Clarkson and which one's Caleb? I think that's the question. I, I'm probably more Clarkson. Um, she's she's a lot more down to earth, probably more Caleb. Yeah. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. All right. So let's kick off with the stories. Uh, before we turn this into a Eric's Farm episode. <laughs> and uh, I saw this headline and I was like, hmm, interesting. IT and security pros pressured to keep quiet about data breaches. Eric, have you ever been asked to keep quiet about a data breach? Well, in my day, there really weren't data breaches. <laughs> it was just, uh, you know, it was just a uh, remailer stuff. No, I... I've never actually been asked to keep quiet about that. Um, and, and I'm, I'm happy. I mean, a lot of the stuff I did for about the last 10 years uh, out there was with the military. I mean, mm -hmm. we were kind of quiet about everything except within our own place. And then we could, we, we talked about it. Um, so I was never told not to, not to mention something. It was all on the up and up. And I'd even say, uh, you know, after that, um, although I was fortunate enough not to have a major incident between coming out of like ISC squared and coming here, um, I, I was never told to, to be quiet about it. Now mm. there are times where you don't necessarily want to be the first one out on Twitter going, Holy crap. I got, you know, I got breached, you know, before legal seen it before shareholders <laughs> have been told. I mean, there are reasons to delay the release of that kind of stuff, but it shouldn't be like, it shouldn't feel like you're hiding something. It should be more like, Hey, 
we have to do this as a process. That's right. That's right. And and granted, this is like a result of a survey that was conducted and like, you know, 42% of the total security professional surveys say they've been told to keep a breach confidential when they knew it should be reported. So, you know, the, the problem with surveys is that sometimes it's not as nuanced as it could be. Sometimes, you know, people interpret it in, in their slightly own way. I do think it is a very dangerous uh, path to go down. We've seen people who have... Um, had to keep or tried to keep stuff quiet and it's turned around and bitten them on their behinds uh, a lot worse than had they just come clean. So, yeah, what are we looking like Uber, Blackbaud? I mean, you know, <laughs> it's just, yeah, the hits keep coming with that kind of stuff. I mean, Blackbaud just paid what, $3 million fine or something like that yeah. over, uh, over not disclosing. That's, that's pretty brutal, you know? And of course, Uber was the poster child for screwing that part up and trying to hide it. There's just there's not a reason these days to to do that. Now again, I'll preface that by saying there are processes that should be followed yep. for the release of that kind of information. Yeah. Yeah. You Don't know, be taking pictures of your of your desktop posting on Twitter saying, look, guys, we've got ransomware in our environment. Right, <laughs> right exactly. Exactly. Let 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 the people that are supposed to be talking to the media and to be talking to the public, let them do that. That's really yeah. not your role. If reporters call you and go, hey, are you guys down with ransomware? And you go, yeah, dude, it's it's horrible. It's terrible. I don't know if we'll ever recover. <laughs> That's just bad form, y'all. So, you know, yeah, depending on how you read this question, I could see people saying, oh, well, they told me to shut up. Well, it, there's a difference between a cover-up and and process yeah that's all. yeah yeah that's right and you mentioned uber and uber yeah. is is an interesting organization because i think they're competing with t-mobile to, and last to pass, right and last pass yeah. yes <laughs> to, <laughs> to be like the, the the number one most breached organization on the planet <laughs> it's not like american football where the worse you do like you get the next uh good picks in the draft yeah. right it's, they, they seem to be confused about that it's not like they're going to get good people to come to work for them by failing miserably over and over yeah. and over again i yeah. just don't even know so the third time in six months that uber has been the victim of a breach um, so this is like data actually stolen from a third-party law firm. Yeah. Uh, so this is a mid-sized law firm based in New Jersey, has written to the effective user Uber drivers that confidential information belonging to them, such as their social security and tax identification numbers, have been stolen in a data breach of its IT systems. Those little um, bitty things you need to build a, an entire like identity and steal it. That just that stuff, right? Yeah. I said it before, take my, take my credit card number, please. Yeah. Whatever. Just take my, it'll take me 15 minutes to fix that. But you start screwing around with stuff like this. Oh, it's a nightmare. It is. It is. So th this is like real, real bad stuff. And, you know, granted, this isn't actually Uber's direct fault because it's taken from a third party, but it's still data that they had and they were responsible for ultimately. It's not like it was going to be any safer on Uber systems, dare I say. Right. And, and I love these statements. Let me tell you, 
Geneva Burns indicates that they are not aware of any actual or attempted misuse of information because <laughs> they're 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 right on top of that all the time, right? They they're just like, nope, don't want to see it, right? I, I have not opened the news or I'm yeah. not aware of anything crazy going on. You know, they've been shipped off to their private island in the Caribbean or something for two weeks just so they could truthfully make a statement like that. That's what goes through my head when I hear something that just feels so lawyery to me. I'm, I'm it sorry, does. but it is oh, very lawyery. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. As far as we're aware, no, no attempts have been used to like, you know, and, and, and this is also like a really dangerous, dangerous path to go down. And I, I'm going to go off a bit on, on a tangent here, but it's really difficult to prove that say like tomorrow you've, you've, your identity has been used to take out a loan and someone's right. done a runner with 50 grand. How do you prove that was linked to any of the dozens of breaches that your data has been exposed in over the last few years? Is it due to Equifax or is it due to LinkedIn or is it due to whoever it might be? Is it one of your ring devices? You know, you, you just yeah. don't know. Yeah. I mean, unless you see a pattern that only these names or only this information was used for that, and you can directly correlate it to something. I mean, maybe Troy Hunt can do some of that to a point, mm -hmm. but ultimately by the time, you know, when you get down to it, like out on the dark web, when you buy these lists and stuff of information like that, it's just a hodgepodge of stuff thrown together. But you know what? You just gave me an awesome idea, Javad. Think about this. Picture this in your mind. Mm -hmm. Our next co-webinar, how not to respond to a data breach. Fantastic. You know, if, if, if you'd thought of that a few weeks ago, we could have posted that on April 1st as how to respond to a data breach. <laughs> that would have been brilliant I yeah, know. With, with all the wrong ways to do it. Hide, hide everything. Yes. <laughs> Eat everything yes. in the ashtray. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Lord have mercy. Okay, so back on my side of the pond, oh, yeah. uh, UK's crime records office hit by a cyber incident. <laughs> I'm making the air quotes because <laughs> that's how the, the, the story plays. So, you know, if you want to go on an overseas visa, like Australia, New Zealand, I think, then you, you need to, uh, an all clear from, from your uh, police records, which is kind <laughs> of like ironic given yeah. we used to send all <laughs> like, the criminals like, over there <laughs> yeah they're like send us no more we're yeah. good and exactly. it is kind of funny because we we know people that have been like they made it to the gate to take off to one of their flights to australia and they're mm. like whoop hold on a second like yep. you're you're i think it was like the passport expired within six months or something like that yeah like, it was it's a three day yeah, Aussie and New Zealand, they seem to be very, very picky about who they actually let in these days. Yeah, yeah. And, and and like their lockdown was the most harsh lockdown that I think around the world. Yeah. Whereas most places were like after a few weeks, all right, that's kind of like, you know, start going out mingling. <laughs> They're like, no. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, they walking through town with a cart, you know, bring out your dad. Yeah. <laughs> ding, ding. <laughs> they, other than that, everyone had to stay inside. That was yeah. that was about the end of, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's how we heard it. And we do have a colleague 
that lives in Australia. Yes. And uh, I mean, I know depending on the different state you're in or the city that you were in there, it did vary a little bit, but even like she's in Adelaide. And I remember her saying that it was still very, very locked down. Sydney was worse, but Adelaide was still pretty like, yeah. Yep. 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 And, and, and there's another, um, Lloyd. Is, is, is that uh, Lloyd picture giving awesome. you the middle finger? I'm sorry, Javad. I'm sorry. That know. ad that okay. was up there. Let's move it down. Okay, another lawyer. Okay, according to an email sent to those affected this week, the agency warned that while it had no conclusive proof of a data breach, forget about your data's been used. We've got no conclusive proof yeah. of a data breach. <laughs> there, <laughs> there is the possibility that data sent to it by customers, such as identification and criminal conviction data, was affected. <laughs> so, so this goes back to your... This is like a what is it Schrodinger's breach? Right? <laughs> did it happen or did it not happen? It, it's both at the same. same well, this time. goes back to your previous uh, discussion there about prove it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> prove it was exactly. us suckers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I, I mean, yeah, yeah. Is that going to be the new trend? Do you think that we're going to see in in data breaches like this? I don't know. I, I think un, unless there comes a point where someone actually just who's who's been like, you know, maybe there's a bunch of people that have had their identity stolen or, yeah. or something's happened and they all file a class action lawsuit against, they just pick a company that they're all been part of at some point. And it doesn't matter whether it's actually them or not, but yeah. they just say it was Equifax. Let's sue them. Uh, and then wait and see what, what falls off from, from the back end. But, you know, that would originate in the US here. Because we love to sue people. Yeah. Right? I mean, we, we're, I don't know how that works over there with your, your barristers that wear the wigs or whatever. I don't even know if they still do that. But, uh, you know, over here, it's, it's sleazy lawyers uh, smelling like uh, stale cigars coming into court yeah. um, just because we do it so much. But, you know, this made me think actually of, you know, you're speaking of like class action suits. And, and I just uh, I was reading about some of the class action suits brought against like Dish Network. I don't know if you've seen that. No. Um, yeah, they got hit with ransomware, and um, it, it took them down pretty bad. So like six law firms have fired up class action suits against them uh, on behalf of the shareholders because their stock dropped, and uh, yeah, they were saying that they weren't. Uh, you know, reasonably prepared and that they had misrepresented their preparation for cyber um, and all this kind of stuff. It's, it's pretty ugly actually uh, when you look at stuff like that. So this is actually, you know, we joke about it, but there, this kind of stuff is happening where there's class actions over stuff like this. Yeah. That is uh well, Good luck yeah. to them if they're yeah. up against six law firms. <laughs> yeah, I think they called it securities fraud even because of the ill preparation for the ransomware wow. attack. It's like, whoa. So anyways, okay. Anyways, uh, Telegram, now the go-to place for selling phishing tools and services. Uh, Telegram has become the working ground for creators of phishing bots and kits looking to market their products to a larger audience or to recruit unpaid helpers. Um, you know, it's, we know like any telegram is no different from any other end-to-end -end encrypted sort of yeah. secure chat platform. People are going to use it to exchange stuff that is not always hundred percent legal or uh, HR safe 
Or HR safe, yes, yes. Um, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because like often you'd think like, oh, if I want to get a fishing kit, I need to go on the dark web. I need to get tour. I need to do all this stuff. And that that's a barrier to entry for a lot of people. But if you can make it easier for, hold on, just so many ads, sorry. I know. But if you can, uh, <laughs> scroll my screen and now I've got more ads popping up. This is just ridiculous. Oh, well done. Okay. This is like GeoCities from the 90s. <laughs> Like MySpace, there's going to be music in the background, little glue yeah, crap yeah, flying exactly, around, right? Exactly. Oh Lord have mercy, we need but, to get you an ad blocker, man. Yeah, but but this is the thing, isn't it? It's it's like, um, you know, you, you you have these things that are just increasingly easy for people just to like go on an app and like, boom, click, job done. Um, so so I think that's what makes it quite worrying because then it, you democratize it to even like your average run-of-the-mill, you know, pickpocket can say, why should I hang out by the train station and try to pick pockets when I can just, like, use Telegram to get hold of some some kits that can allow me to do some cybercrime and, and get some Bitcoins? I'll give you that. But, see, the thing is, you have to know how to contact the people that are selling these. You yeah. don't just pop up on Telegram and go, I would like to buy some wares. You know what I mean? Yes. It, it and doesn't... I'm not a, I'm not a fed. <laughs> right. Totally not a cop. Just ask me. I would have to tell you, right? It, no, you're not going to, you're not going to have that kind of stuff going on. Um, so somewhere they've got to find the connections for this. Uh, I think really what this boils down to is it's a, it's a more distributed way to do this than doing it through say an individual marketplace, which can be mm. taken down, right? These things yeah. go down yeah. all the time. And uh, so they have point. telegram groups and groups like that, um, that this is where a lot of those transactions are happening. And these are going to be the ones where they're like, okay, we've moved here. We've moved there. I mean, once you're on the list, I would guess you're doing pretty good, but I'm also guessing that it may not be all that easy to be trusted on that list. You know, a lot of these marketplaces, um, they really require you to have somebody vouch for you and, mm. you know, it's invite only type stuff. Um, they are fairly secure on that. Unless you want to buy drugs, then they're just wide open. Whoever the hell wants to show up, you can show up. Um, no, but a lot of, but... a lot of the more serious ones, you, you do have to have somebody basically, um, you know, invite you to the gang. Yeah. But, but you don't actually buy the drugs. Isn't the loophole that people use that you buy like a, an envelope from them and the envelope costs like $50, but then the drugs come for free because you're not allowed to buy and sell drugs, but you can gift them or, or just share Yeah, them on up. these dark web ones, it's like LSD to your mailbox. Okay, <laughs> they, they just don't care. They're like, uh, you know, bundles of cocaine dropped in your backyard, whatever the hell you wow. want. Honestly, I, the ones that I've been on that I've seen that, um, you know, maybe it's all law enforcement or whatever, but no, they're like, you know, best weed sent now. And, you know, yeah, they just use the regular mail though for like, uh, for acid or LSD, you know, and they we, stuff we, it in we an envelope. Do, mail it we should it. do a, a special episode of the Jerry show one week where we just go through your, um, your, your, your dark place marketplaces and just like review them and rate them and put together a virtual shopping list for you for Christmas. So, so much of that stuff is so cheesy, though. It's like, learn how to be an elite hacksaw in 30 minutes. You know, it's like all these guides and crap that people throw up there. And, you know, but there, there's some wow. interesting stuff. I don't spend much time out there. 
So it, I have a hard time keeping up when they're jumping around and changing places due to the takedowns. So I don't, I don't spend a whole lot of time out there, but every once in a while I'll go out just to see what things are costing. Like what does it cost for a phishing service to send all of these emails or, mm-hmm. you know, what's mm-hmm. being offered out there. And you can get a high level look at that, you know, what's it cost for credit card numbers and all that kind of junk. Um, but uh, yeah, it's not, it's not something I recommend that people do. You really want to lock down your identity, do it from a machine that maybe is VPNing and, you know, you, you have a, like a proton mail address. Do not ever mix your real stuff. Uh, no, just a bad idea. So I'm not recommending that anybody go out there and do this. Um, but it is fairly easy to get into a lot of those ones. Yeah. Sounds very lawyer-esque now. Eric Crone, like, trying to distance himself <laughs> from, like, anyone's actions. Okay, well, yeah. last and story speaking of, of the which, day. Yeah. Go on, take us home. Yeah, I mean, speaking of which, we have takedowns here. Um, you know, this website has been seized. Awesome. Um, so this is Genesis Market. And Genesis Market is an interesting one because it, it, it tried to live in the open. You know, it, it walked around bare bottom showing everybody what it's doing uh, not on tour not on anything like that um and i believe they did a lot of bots and uh fishing related type stuff um initial network access brokers things like that um they were able to get in some of that but i think i think mostly it was like getting malware on a machine and being able to do you know keystroke loggers and stuff like that bot type stuff um, but yeah, they got, they got taken down and, uh, that was kind of interesting. So it's always nice to see when something like this happens. It is. Um, yeah. And law enforcement loves it because, well, they've just made their budget for the next year with the Bitcoin that they've grabbed. Right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> think of what happened with Silk Road. It was like $72 billion. I mean, no, 68 billion. No, I mean, 52 billion. No, $4 billion, <laughs> you know, and, and everybody involved in that now has a private island. I mean, whatever. It's, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, it, it is kind of nice to see. I think it was, uh, I think it was U.S. and Dutch or, or French and Dutch or something that got together on that. I don't remember. Um, but it was a, a multi-agency takedown sort of thing. And like a bunch of people got arrested finally yeah now the real thing is like will they get stiff enough penalties to start acting like a deterrent to other would-be criminals you know what you see this happen once in you know a very very long time yeah um i i and there's so much money out there involved in this i just don't see it being enough of a deterrent to make people say no i i I don't want to live this life of cyber crime and, you know, fast cars and big houses and yachts. Um, I would rather stay here in this small third world country where seven of us are sleeping on a dirt floor and, and we'll be good. It's all right. You know, so are, just, are, are, you know. are you talking about San Francisco now? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you say that in honor of the fact I have to go to RSA while. You go to Orlando, yes. which is terrible. Terrible. Okay, Florida isn't that much better, to be honest, but okay. Come on, man. Well, it's been a few years since we've been to uh, San Francisco, man. But you remember the last time we were there. I mean, 
ode to San Francisco, I always say if it was to be a perfume, it would be urine, feces, and weed. That, that's the smell of San Francisco these days. Although they've been getting quite a bath lately uh, with all this rain and stuff. So maybe maybe the urine and feces is cleaned up, but the weed is just definitely yeah. going to be there. Yeah, you're really hopeful, aren't you? <laughs> Uh, no you need like a you need like a seven day downpour to like constantly just like wash everything away it's just it's in every crack yeah you know this is my old man brand honestly Hmm. i don't care if people smoke stuff or do whatever but i hate the smell of that crap like walking around in vegas and it's just like permeates everything and everywhere i just don't like the smell of it man do gummies do something that uh ah with that, Eric Crone ends his rant and uh, probably off to say, do gummies or whatever. Probably asking for tips on where you can buy them on, on, on the dark web. I don't know. I do not condone any of these things. Um, and, uh, you know, legal have cleared me to, to say that. So with, with that, we'll maybe see you next week. Well, I'll be here. Eric will see if he's not been picked up by the feds. Till then, enjoy. Stay secure, my friends.